listening to Miscarriage Stories with Arden Cartrett. Alex, welcome to Miscarriage Stories. I invite you to share your story wherever it begins. Thank you. I just wanted to thank you too, just for for doing what you do and and having the space. Um, This has been actually really helpful for me. Um, I have a a few friends um, and family members who have kind of gone through something similar, but I have leaned on this podcast super heavily the past few months. Um, Since this is something that's kind of fresh for me, I just really needed to kind of have that support. So I just wanted to thank you and everyone else who shared their stories because it's really helped me during mine. Um, So I'll kind of just start from kind of, I guess, the beginning of when I knew I wanted to have kids. I was super young, actually. I was like in in high school, um, maybe even in middle school is when I kind of started thinking about it. But I just kind of always knew that kids were going to be a part of my future. Um, And I'm sure that some people can kind of relate to this, but kind of where I grew up and when I went to high school, it was kind of almost looked down upon, I guess, if you were kind of a young, a young mother. Um, So I kind of always just internalized that as, okay, I need to wait for a certain time or period in my life where I'm now okay to have kids, right? Like whatever that may be when you're married and when you have a stable job, um, even if that was something that I didn't necessarily kind of believe, that's just always what I had kind of internalized, I guess. So um, going back to when I met my my husband, I was in college and I met him through my twin sister and and her husband who had been together for many years, um, met him. We've been together for, for nine years now. Maybe it's 10. He always gets mad. I always forget. I'm always like one or two years off, but Um, we just, we knew we wanted to have kids together too. We always kind of had just talked about it. Like it was kind of a normal thing. Like, oh, when we have kids, we're going to be doing this. Um, this'll be really fun when we have kids. So that's always been something we knew we both wanted. Um, we got married, actually it's been almost a year. It'll be a year next month in July. Um, and kind of after that, we started really talking about it. We were kind of in that phase where I'm 30, he's 32, where we were just like kind of done with the partying scene, like going out. We were kind of just like, we're at home. We like this. We can see kids fitting into this picture, like perfectly. It just seems like the next logical step. And we were also just really excited for it. We kind of felt like we were kind of almost ready for it years ago, but we were like, why aren't we doing this? Like, this is something that we want. So we started trying after our wedding. um, And I was one of those people that got started on birth control, like really super young. I was like 12 or 13, might've even been younger. I think I might've even been 10 or 11. Um, when my period kind of started and I had ovarian cysts and all of that fun stuff. So they put me on birth control super young. So I kind of was in this state where I was just recently off birth control. And I was like, what does my body actually do when I'm off birth control? Um, And I was kind of missing periods. It was kind of a thing where I was missing every other one. So I would have one, it was normal. And then I would skip one. So after that happened for about five or six months, I went in and I was like, what's going on? And they kind of, they think I have PCOS. So that's kind of what they diagnosed me with. Um, I had had a little bit of weight gain happening and they just kind of were like, this is typical PCOS. That's what we think you have. So that was in, I think, November and they had said, okay, so since you can't really like figure out when you're going to ovulate. It's hard with PCOS. We're going to put you on Provera and Letrozole, I think is the the two ones they put me on. One of them is to like start your period. And then the other one is to kind of trigger your, your ovulation. I think those are the names of them, but we did that for one round. And then right when it happened, right when we took the Letrozole, 
we did our two days or whatever they advised us of. And um, a couple weeks later, right when I was supposed to start my period, right when I knew I thought I was going to, I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And we were super excited, super in shock. Um, I remember both of us just being like, is this real? And we kind of went to dinner and then we came back and we're like, oh my gosh, this is real. I remember I Amazoned like a, one of those ones that gave you the smiley face instead of the two little lines. Cause I'm like, I need it to be super just concrete. I can't believe this is real. Um, and we were just really excited. And that was back, let's see. So it's been two months since um, we lost our baby. So that was back in, in December. Um, and yeah, we were just very, we were very excited, but also very um, just kind of nervous to be excited because I've listened to your podcast before. I've had other friends who have kind of gone through this and I was just very nervous to be happy about this. I was nervous to be excited. Um, but after we kind of got to like the eight week mark, time felt like it was moving so slow. Like I remember I was thinking, if we can just get this ultrasound, I really just need to know everything's okay. I felt super, super sick. I was um, logging on for work and feeling like I was gonna puke every five seconds and was really tired. And I was kind of waiting to tell most people just because I wanted to get to that eight week, week mark. I remember thinking, if I can get there, then things are gonna be good. I don't know. I just kind of thought, yep, that's the point where I'm gonna be okay to tell everyone things are going to be good. So once we had the eight week ultrasound, um, we started getting really, really excited. We went in there together. My husband was able to get off work and we saw the little baby in there. So tiny. I remember just thinking how like surreal it was. It was like, oh my gosh, this is happening for us. This is our baby. Like it just felt so surreal, but we were so excited about it. Um, I'm actually sitting in our, our nursery right now. We got our room all ready for the baby. We got this cute wallpaper. We were like shopping online for all this stuff. We were just so excited and we just couldn't believe that this had happened so easily for us. We, I remember we kind of actually felt guilty because I had had um, a coworker and, and his wife trying for, for a couple of years to get pregnant. And I remember us just talking about it, thinking, oh my gosh, like how lucky are we that really the first month that we tracked this and tried this, we got pregnant. Like we just felt like all the stars were aligning and everything was perfect. So we were very excited for that. Um, like I said, I was super sick, very, <laughs> I didn't puke, but I was one of those people that was just like nauseous all the time, like 24 seven, just like I would be on meetings and I hadn't told my coworkers yet. And I would just be like trying to talk and I was like, oh, oh gosh, I'm going to throw up. So that was, I mean, I feel good that, you know, I wasn't one of the people who would actually be throwing up, but I was very pukey <laughs> feeling nauseous. Um, and so let's see, that was between kind of the eight, nine, 10, 11 week mark. Um, our next ultrasound we had to schedule out for, I wanted to get in right away at 12 weeks, but they didn't have availability during then. So it got scheduled for 13 and a half weeks, almost 14 weeks. Um, so I remember thinking, okay, that's really the time where we're gonna be able to announce it to everyone. We were going to have this post on Instagram and like we bought this cute little onesie. My husband is a police officer. So we got this little onesie that says like rookie in training, baby, you know, our baby going to be, you know, September 2023 um, is the ETA and it has like a little police car. It's super cute. Um, but we were just really excited to kind of say to the world, okay, this is what, this is where we're at. Like we're super excited. Um, I remember at one point, maybe around like 10 or 11 weeks, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and just kind of having this moment where I was like, I don't feel pregnant anymore. Like, and then as soon as I thought that I was like, I almost got mad at myself. I was like, why, why, like, don't think that you can't think that way. Like, don't be negative. Why are you thinking that? I had no idea why it was just kind of 
a feeling that I had. And I, I really don't know why I had it, but I kind of just shoved it back down when it was like, no, no, that's not happening. That's not, <laughs> don't worry. Everything's fine. Um, I started having less symptoms. I started feeling less nauseous. Um, my boobs didn't hurt as bad. And I remember just kind of asking like my mom and a few other people who had been pregnant before. And they're like, well, you're nearing that second trimester. So that's like, why? Like your body's getting, you know, more used to it. You're, you're feeling better now. So I was kind of thinking, okay, that, that must be it. And I was kind of excited about that. Cause I was obviously tired of feeling like total, total crap. So that was nice. Um, but during that, it was, let's see. So we had the second ultrasound. It was scheduled for 13 and a half weeks. Um, the day before that, I was working um, in the morning. I was like online at like eight or whenever I kind of log on. And I felt kind of a little bit of like, whoa, what, what is that? Um, I went upstairs and went to the bathroom and I remember wiping and looking and I saw blood. And I was like, I, I immediately just like felt numb. I was like, oh my gosh. And then my mind just went back to, okay, but I know that this can be normal. Like I've read that this can be normal. I, I know that this can be a thing. So I tried not to panic um, and I ended up just kind of working through the day as I normally would <laughs> kind of just thinking, okay, this is kind of going to be okay. Um, try not to freak out. And then I remember it was a Thursday or a Friday, but it was like at 4 PM, I was about to kind of log off from work. And I remember just starting getting, getting cramps. Like it started being kind of like normal period type cramps. And I was kind of like, okay, I was getting a little more worried. So I called in, um, to my, my doctor's office, my, my gyno office. And I was like, here's what's happening. I kind of saw low blood this morning. I'm starting to get cramping. And the gal who I talked to, she was really super nice. And she was just like, I don't really think this is anything. I think that, um, you know, it's just probably like you worked out too hard or, um, you know, I, if you guys have had intercourse in the past week or whatever, it could be that. So just try not to be too worried. She was like, go put your feet up, like, you know, have a nice dinner, watch a funny movie, just try not to worry about it. And I remember just kind of trying to hold on to her words, like, okay, she's not worried about it. I shouldn't be worried about it. Let me go put my feet up, watch a movie, like try to be okay. And then a few hours later, it continued, it kept going. I was seeing more blood and I just remember kind of like feeling in my gut, like this doesn't feel right because I had had no bleeding at all, not even spotting nothing my whole pregnancy. And I just remember thinking this doesn't feel right, but I was trying so hard to fight that thought. Um, and I remember I called my mom and called my, my twin sister and, and told them both kind of what was going on. And they were like, don't worry about it. I think everything's okay. Like spotting is normal. Like try not to get in your head. So I was trying really hard not to. Um, and that night we kind of went to bed as normal, knowing that our ultrasound was the next morning at, I think it was at 8.30 in the morning. It was super early, our ultrasound for our 13 and a half week um, ultrasound. So I was just hoping go to bed. Everything's going to be okay. If you can just make it to that ultrasound, everything's going to be okay. So went to sleep. My husband went to sleep um, in the middle of the night at like, I want to say it was midnight, maybe 1230. I woke up in a ton of pain. I was having terrible cramping um, beyond normal, just kind of period type cramps or um, more than like implantation cramps, any of that. It was like, to me, it felt like the pain that I had had when I had um, ovarian cysts in the past, I used to get really bad ovarian cysts that were excruciating. And that's kind of the level of pain that, that I was feeling. So at that point, I really started freaking out. Um, I called back my um, women's healthcare doctor. They have a 24 hour um, person on, on staff. So I called and I said, 
I think something's wrong. I'm having terrible cramps, terrible pain. I think something's wrong. And she had kind of said, okay, I think everything's okay. Like, I think you're just having some cramping and some bleeding. I think everything's okay. Just try to kind of go to sleep, take some, um, I can't remember if it was Tylenol or ibuprofen or one of them, take like three or four ultra strength, whatever. And I was like, I don't have any of those. And it's in the middle of the night. So what do I do? And she said, just try to kind of go back to sleep. So tried, absolutely not happening. Um, I was in terrible pain. It was like, I would say close to a 10 out of 10 worst pain I've ever had. Um, The bleeding continued. I woke my husband up and was just like, hey, I think something's going wrong. And I almost wasn't really able to talk because I was just in so much pain. Um, And so I went downstairs to kind of be on the couch. And I remember, it's crazy, like what you remember, it feels like almost a movie. I put on Spirit, the movie, like with the horses. I used to love that movie. So I put it on because I was just like, I need to be calm. I need to have something to distract me. And it's just nothing was able to distract me from the pain. It was, it was terrible. Um, And I just had this like feeling in my gut where I was just like, I think something terrible is happening. And it's almost like at that point, I realized everyone trying to make me feel better was not helpful. I was like, something's happening. And I, I know something's wrong. Um, So my husband came downstairs and, and was on the couch with me and I had been awake for like five, six, I mean, I was awake all night. It was, there was no way I was going to sleep. And at one point he had kind of fallen back asleep and it was like 3am. And that's when like the worst pain of it happened. It was just, it was terrible. It was excruciating. I was walking around the house. I didn't know what to do. Um, When I had called back, I had called them maybe like three times while this was happening. And they had said, if you're filling a pad, like every hour with blood, you need to go to the ER. And I kept telling her, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not able to know what's going to be in the pad because I just keep running to the bathroom. Like, it's almost just like when you feel that happening, like the blood coming out, like, I don't know, my instinct at least was to just go to the bathroom every time and just be, so I didn't know. I was like, there, there was a good amount of blood though. And she was like, okay, I think you should probably go to the ER if that's the situation. And I remember just thinking in my head, but I have the ultrasound at 8 a.m. So if I can just make it to the ultrasound, everything's gonna be okay. And even though that doesn't make any sense and it doesn't make any sense for me now, I just thought that I, if I could make it to the ultrasound, like everything was gonna be okay. I don't know, it doesn't make sense. But um, so I remember it was like about three o'clock, 3.30, maybe four. My husband had fallen asleep because he was trying so hard to stay awake with me, but he just, he was nodding off. Um, And I remember this like huge, just excruciating pain through my stomach. And I remember I, it was, this part is, I, I don't know why I did this, but to me, it felt very like, I just knew I had to, and this is weird. I don't know if this has ever happened to anyone else, but I'm sure it has, but I just went over to this area in my family room and I just like squatted down. Like I, I just, I was in so much pain walking around, wasn't helping laying down, wasn't helping. So I squatted down in the family room. And when I did that, I felt like, like something was coming. So I went into the bathroom, I ran into the bathroom and I just remember the feeling of like, something leaving me like it was much more than just the blood and I knew something had passed and I looked into the toilet I remember and this was also an instinctual thing it was weird but I just I like reached into the toilet and I like pulled out pulled it out like I just I I don't know why I did it it was just I just did it I didn't even think about it um And I remember just like being in complete shock. Like I was just like, I don't know. I I have no idea. I wasn't thinking anything. I wasn't 
feeling anything. I was just like, there's no way that that just happened. I was like, no, that didn't happen. I, I mean, I think I was in denial. I was like, there's no way that that could have happened. Everyone told me everything was okay. Like, there's no way that that could have just happened. There's no way. And I remember just sitting there and I was, I had pulled out of the toilet. And I remember, cause I had like a, a pad paper, like on the bathroom and I put it on there and I was just like staring and I, I don't know. I was just, I don't know what I was. I just sat there and I just stared for like, I don't know how long and just thought, oh my God, like that just happened that I just had a miscarriage. Like, I don't know. It was, it was, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, I know people who have been through that know the feeling, but I just, I like, I had no idea what to expect. And I was just so unprepared for it because everyone had told me everything was going to be okay. Like no one told me what to prepare for. No one told me what to look out for or what to, so I was just so caught off guard. And I went back over to the couch and it was like four or five in the morning the sun was kind of starting to come up and I remember just sitting on the couch and looking at my husband sleeping on the couch. And I remember just sitting there and staring at him and thinking, I don't want to wake him up because every moment I cannot wake him up is a moment that he still thinks everything is okay. So I just sat there as long as I could. I don't know how long it was, maybe I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't know. I just sat there and kind of looked at him and tried to, I don't know. I I think I was trying to like rewind, like somehow go back in time to where, because I was still holding out hope. I think every second, every minute, every millisecond until that happened, I was still like, I think everything's okay. Like if I can just make it to that ultrasound, everything's going to be okay. So I think I was just trying to reason with myself, like, how can I go back? Like, how can I rewind? Like, it's almost like, like, it's almost like, can you undo it? Like, I remember thinking like, when it, when the baby was coming out, I remember thinking like, no, like, I was like, no, no, no. Like, it's almost like you wonder if there's something you can do. Like, can I, can I somehow make this not happen? Can I undo this? So that's, that's where my head was at was just like, oh my gosh. Um, and I, I did eventually, I just knew I had to wake him up because we had to go to the appointment soon thereafter. So I, I remember just kind of shaking him kind of, well, I put my hand on him and he kind of woke up in a, in a panic because he didn't mean to go to sleep. He knew I was in pain, but he just couldn't help it. And I just said, it happened. I said, it happened. And we just kind of sat there and held each other for as long as we could. Um, And then the timing of it was just crazy because we had the ultrasound that morning at 8am. So we still went to the ultrasound appointment. I remember sitting in the waiting room and we just looked terrible. I mean, I had been crying on the way there. He looked bad. Neither of us had had any sleep. And you remember just seeing people pregnant and they're waiting to go back. And you just feel like it's not real. Like you think that you're going to be seeing your baby for the first time and looking like an actual baby and not just a tiny clump of cells, like what you saw at the eight week appointment. And you just know that you're there to confirm something that you already know. So we went back, um, got ready for the ultrasound, um, knowing what was, we were going to see. Um, and 
um, we, yeah, she was, she was just kind of looking around and, you know, you look up at the screen and I remember just thinking, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Um, and I remember she wasn't talking at all, which we all know is not a good sign. Um, and I remember just asking her, I was getting kind of frustrated and I know that they can only say certain things or not say certain things. But I just remember saying, I don't see anything like what's going on. The baby's not there. Right. And I remember she just kind of gave me a look. She looked at me and kind of just gave me a little, a little shake, like kind of just a, like, no, there's, there's nothing in there. So that was just, I remember not looking at the screen. I was just like, I don't want to look at it. It was just such a weird feeling like you know getting a, a vaginal ultrasound is kind of uncomfortable anyways and it's just like you're looking at you thought less than 24 hours ago you were going to be looking at your almost 14 week baby like moving around and you know we were going to find out the the sex um you know at, at that at that point we had had um we we're going to have the blood work done to find that out and it's just it's so different than what we thought just like literally less than 24 hours ago. Um, you know, and then she, it's not to be graphic or anything, but it's like, you know, when she takes the, the probe out, it's like, there's blood, like, it's just not, it's just such a kind of triggering thing to happen, really. I mean, I wanted to see kind of what was going on or to make sure, but it was still just like the worst it was just so not what we thought we were going to be. I mean, we had planned, I had taken the day off, like we were going to finish setting up kind of the baby room. We were going to even start going to look at like clothes. Like we had taken the day off because we thought it was going to be such a special day. And it just ended up being the complete opposite of that. It was a nightmare. Um, and yeah, after that, we we went home and we ended up, I mean, calling my calling my mom, calling my sister, we called his parents and um, just, you know, the silence on the other line when you're on the phone is just so hard to to deal with because you know that you're not that you're letting people down, but it's like, you know, that so many other people are going to be devastated for you too. And I remember I just called my boss and said, Hey, like, I'm not going to be able to go to work. Like, can I take the rest of the week off? Which I think it was, a, it was a Wednesday. So it would have been that day I was taking off anyways, but the Thursday and Friday. And she said, yeah, of course, like take all the time that you need. Um, and my husband called in and, and he said like, Hey, I need to take the rest of the day off. Um, and yeah, we just, from there, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people's experiences are the same, but you know, just flowers being sent to your house and texts and, you know, people being there. I think, um, the thing that makes me sad is some of the episodes I've listened to on, on your podcast is just people saying that they feel like they didn't have that much support. And, and that's never what I felt like. I mean, we feel really grateful, um, that we have such good family and friends and coworkers. I mean, I had flowers come to my house from, from people I work with. Um, my husband had flowers come into his house from, um, his, his coworkers as well. And then just friends reaching out. So, we're really grateful and lucky that we have um, awesome people around us. And I think the other thing is too, we we didn't feel like we weren't going to tell people. I mean, the thing is we had told a lot of people, most people close to us after our eight week appointment. Um, I remember my mom had said, I had from day one been worried about this. I had just said, well, what if something happens? What if the baby doesn't make, I mean, I just, I'm kind of a worrier by nature. Um, I always feel like if good things are kind of happening to me, I always think, well, why? Or when is the other shoe going to drop? Um, I've had a lot of loss in my life, a lot of grief in my life. And I just remember thinking this is too good to be true. This is too easy. There's no way that this is going to work out 
as good. I, I just almost felt like I couldn't be excited from day one because I was just so worried. Um, and I remember my mom saying, well, yeah, but if something were to happen, would you want people to not know that you were pregnant and, and not be able to be there for you? Or would you want them to know and want them to be there for you? And I remember thinking that's, I want them to be there for me. So we had told people as early as six weeks, even we felt like time was going by so slow. And we just wanted the closest people to us to know what we were going through because we just did. And we wanted to share in the excitement. And I was almost feeding off of other people's excitement, I think, to kind of make me less nervous about things. Um, but yeah, so we we were lucky to have a lot of people there to support us. Um, that week, those three days were like, I don't know, I think a crash course in, in grief in um, just living in a little bubble to try to feel all the feelings. Um, I remember just one minute I would kind of be okay. And the next minute I would just be bawling. And then the next minute I'd feel okay. And then the next minute I'd be bawling. And it just went like that for four five, six days. Um, just super unpredictable, but just feeling so, so like, it seems weird, but just so like, I didn't want it to go this way. Like this is this throws off everything that I thought was going to happen and, and just kind of grieving, grieving that specific baby too. I mean, I think, um, there's been a lot of things and I know you and others maybe feel the same way, but just where there are certain things that people say that just don't help. And there's certain things that people say that do help. And I remember, um, just in case anyone's listening to this and know maybe what to think twice about saying or what to kind of say that might be helpful. But I remember, and bless everyone's hearts. I mean, until you go through this, you don't know what it feels like, right? So I think all my, all my friends were just trying to help. But I think the comment of like, well, you can try again. It's like, but I don't, not that I don't want to try again, but it's like, I don't, this is my baby. Like, this is a, I don't want it to just be like, oh, this baby could be replaced with any other baby. It's like, that doesn't, that didn't help me. If anything, that made me feel worse about it because I'm like, so this baby is just replaceable. Like, I don't know. So that was not helpful for me to hear. I understand the sentiment behind it, but that just uh, made it worse for me. I remember um, two things that were said to me that actually did somehow make me feel better was you are a good mom, like present tense, like you are a good mom because it's almost like you think that when you lose your baby, your, your motherhood is completely invalidated, right? Like it's almost like you're not a mom anymore. You were before and now you're not. So people saying that, I remember um, one of my friends, Jess said that to me, um, that you're, you're a good mom. And, and that really um, brought a lot of comfort to me. And then I remember someone also said, I'll always remember your baby. And that, that brought a lot of comfort to me too. So um, yeah, it's been, so that was a, that was a couple months ago. It's been a whirlwind since um, a lot of people, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've been very lucky to have good friends who kind of ask like, how are, how are you doing? I unfortunately have um, two other people close to me who have gone through um, miscarriages as well recently. So it's one of those things where I know I've heard you say this, but it's like a club you wish you never had to be a part of, but you are. Um, and yeah, I've had great, great friends to to reach out and to ask how I'm doing. And I just never know how to really answer how I'm doing. All I know is that I feel different. I feel forever changed. I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel different and it's hard to put into words. And I think it's hard to, hard to live your day to day in a way that where 
life moves on, right? I mean, I've lost people close to me. I lost my dad when I was young. I've lost friends. Um, I've lost other family members. And it's like people are there and almost like cover you in this um, shield of like, here's some food, here's some flowers, here's some words. And then life continues to go on and you have to go on. And that's, that's what I think has been hard for me is just, I'm one of those people who's a people pleaser and I want to make sure everyone feels good around me. So I've had a hard time just, I guess, reincorporating back into my day-to-day life and not feeling, I don't know, not feeling different, but I am different. I feel different. I feel like I will never be the same, not in not in a totally irreversible way, but I feel forever changed. And I don't know how to put that into words. Um, I've, I've just been trying to do things that I don't want to say distract me because I'm also trying to be cognizant that that's maybe not the best thing for me, but I've been enjoying my drinks (laughs) that I, that I couldn't have before. I, we actually ended up getting a puppy um, because I just felt like I had all of this love and energy that I did not know where to put. Um, The whole time I was pregnant, I was reading books. I was um, cleaning the house. I I was just getting ready for this baby that I thought we were going to have in now a couple of months. So to go from that to just have your life completely changed and put in a different direction has been a hard adjustment for me. So I think um, having this puppy has been uh, fun, interesting, Um, getting used to losing sleep and cleaning up poo-poo. Maybe that's a good practice for um, once babies come around. But um, I think I'm going to, there's a tattoo that I think I've been I always have been weird about tattoos, like, oh, what if people disapprove, whatever, but I kind of recently, since we lost the baby, it's almost just like, I always knew life was short and like live life, but it's almost just like, why not do all of the things that you want to do when you want to do it, if that makes sense, like not in an impulsive way, but just like, I don't know, life is so short and it's so fragile and it's so... I don't know. I just, I, I have been trying to kind of just, um, do things that make me happy. Um, I'm trying to honor this baby just as best that I can, even in my own day-to-day stuff. I just never want to forget this baby. So, um, I put the little onesie that we had bought on this, um, bunny stuffed animal that I've had for my whole life. It used to be the bunny that like I snuggled with when I was little and we have the nursery that I still go into even from day one. Like I never wanted it to be a space where we didn't go in here. So I'll just sometimes come in here and like lay on the pillows and just like soak in everything that this baby was meant to be in this space. And, um, I just never intend to forget this baby. We're, um, trying again. I actually finally got my period for the first time in three months because of this really fun PCOS stuff and all of that. Um, But we're probably going to do another letrozole cycle in the next couple of weeks, assuming that that was another thing that I was lucky to have, like this big, big old cyst afterwards that they were keeping an eye on. So um, we are going to be trying again and we're excited about that. But I just think the, um, at least the important thing for me is to not be so eager to replace this baby. This baby was here for a short amount of time. Um, but this baby is still special to me and I just don't want to be so eager to replace this, this baby that I don't, um, I don't know, just the baby will always be with me and, um, with my husband and yeah, I just, that I guess that's uh <laughs> that's all I can kind of think of just from for my story and I probably went on on and on with the timeline and probably messed up some things but that's just where my head went it's like I said it's been uh recent so 
Um, I'm really glad that I got to do this with you. I, I do encourage people. Like, I think I'm normally kind of a personal person, like just in terms of not necessarily sharing things with people, which I don't think is a totally healthy thing, but for some reason with this baby and with this pregnancy and with this miscarriage, I just felt like, why would I not, um, reach out and, and kind of ask for help or at least just share my story with people who love me. Like, I just feel like it's really taken a burden off of my heart. So I just encourage, like, I don't know, there's always someone who's going to be there to, to listen to you. It just makes me so sad when people say that they don't have anyone because it's just, I don't know, it feels good to kind of just be able to talk about it and to just not live in that loneliness and that pain in in isolated and in yourself because it just it can be so overwhelming so I'm just really glad that I was able to talk to you about it and and listen to the other stories that that you've shared and the folks who've been on on your podcast because it's really really helped me heal um in this process yeah I'd like to think that like things like podcasts or even finding books or um for me, it was because I didn't have a ton of support in my everyday life that I looked on Instagram using hashtags like miscarriage. And yeah. I found other people sharing their stories and that's what gave me the courage to share. And so I think, you know, for people who don't have that support in everyday life, like you're, like you're saying, um, there are places to find it, which is really, really great, but it is, yeah. it, it's so important to share your story. And I'm, I'm really glad that you shared. I think sometimes people think that they have to wait until they have a quote unquote happy ending to share. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of sharing in real time because this is your story right now. Um, yeah. Our life is forever changing, right? Like you said, it's so mm -hmm. short, so much stuff happens that honoring your story in real time is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that you mentioned whenever you were sharing about um, giving birth at home was mm -hmm. the instinct you had to squat and the instinct that you had in that moment. And that really brought me back to my own miscarriages because it was the most insane experience to know what to do, but not to know what was happening. But then mm -hmm. once it happened, I knew that I had a miscarriage. It wasn't like yeah. I didn't think like, oh, maybe that was just a giant blood clot and everything is fine. It's just, yep. you know, even though you've never experienced that before, never experienced anything like it. Um, yep. it really is the most bizarre experience. There's no words. You can't really, you can prepare somebody by telling them like, Hey, you might feel like you need to push. You mm -hmm. might feel, you know, lower back pain, but it's mm -hmm. still like experiencing it is so different. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I kind of, after I went through my experience, um, I don't know how this works for everyone else. Like if they ask about it or how they get information, but I just remember I had no information about what to expect. And that's something that I just, I really wish that the folks that kind of help us through healthcare wise or whatever, but that's where I don't know if that would be helpful or not. Like I know they don't want us to worry about, oh, something's going to go wrong, but I wish I knew what to expect. Like, it's just the, the fact that I had to moment by moment go through all of that completely unaware of what was happening was pretty traumatic. Like I, I wish that I would have. And the other thing too, I, I kind of forgot a couple of pieces when I was talking about it, but just in case this helps anyone in the future, like. I, after I had kind of like reached in like, and kind of had, had the baby there on, on, I, I wish I kind of panicked. And afterwards, I remember feeling weird about it. I was like, to my husband, I was like, do you want to, do you want to look like, do you want to see, like, I remember feeling weird about that. And what I wish that I would have done, I kind of panicked and through it in the trap, like, I didn't know what to do. And I, I wish if I could have gone back, I still kick myself on this. I really wish I would have held on so that I could have done like a burial or a, just something. But I remember just being so shocked and so just not knowing what to do that. I just, I, I threw it in the trash and I, and I kicked myself over that. And I just wish that 
I wish that there was just more information out there about, I mean, I know that I've seen what you've shared about like, you know, no shame about however you react, which I totally agree because there's no right or wrong way. And, and, but I just wish there was more information out there about like, here's what could happen if this happens to you. Because at the end of the day, when they told me nothing's going to happen, I think you're okay. That didn't do anything for me. Like, I understand you not trying to freak me out about things or whatever, but it happened to me one way or another. Exactly. And it just made it so that I didn't know what was going on. And I didn't know kind of what to do and what my options were. So that's what I kind of wish would change is that um, they would kind of tell us a little bit more about what to expect and kind of the different ways that we can go about this so that if it does happen to us, we know what to do. Because it was just so shocking to have to go yeah. through that minute by minute and not knowing what was going on. Yeah. It, and most people don't find out those options until after. I know I didn't. I had a, a very similar experience um, where I kind of stared at what I now realized. Well, not now, but afterwards I realized was my baby and mm -hmm. I put it in the toilet because I was like, what else do I do? It's kind of like fight or flight. And it's just yeah. like, you don't really know what to do. Um, and I, I do mm -hmm. wish I had known my options. I don't know what option I would have taken even with the information um, because yeah. it's all pretty traumatizing. I don't think that there yes. is a, a right way to do any of it. Um, but now, right. I, you know, I do have, uh, I have some resources on my website about the options for handling your baby with a miscarriage in hopes that mm -hmm. somebody would Google it and find it because I know I yes. searched Google up and down looking for what to expect. And the only reason I got any information out of my fertility doctor was because I have no boundaries and I ask very personal, <laughs> like, yes. like I, I was like, please tell me, I remember asking yeah. him, I said, is it going to come out in one piece or multiple pieces? Mm -hmm. And I remember him yeah. looking at me like, I can't believe somebody is asking me this. And he yeah. told me, he said, it's probably going to be in one piece. And if yeah. he had not told me that, all the more shock. And so it's like yes. the fact that that wasn't information just shared with me or mm -hmm. the size of what to expect or the fact, you know, that they tell us that if you fill a pad in um, an hour to go to the ER, but mm -hmm. in a miscarriage, you absolutely fill a pad in an hour. Yeah. Right. And right. they're not going to do anything different at the ER. And so what now I'm going to be slapped with thousands of dollars I know. Well, just I know. tell me and it's going to be bloody and it's going to be traumatizing and yes. tell me to get diapers. Like, yep. just tell me to yep. prepare for it. That's all I want. I know. <laughs> yep. That's exactly it. And I remember when, when one of my really close girlfriends, unfortunately went through this, um, recently, I just remember saying, please ask me any and all of the gross, weird, crazy questions, because it's like the diapers thing. Like I Amazon some diapers to my house. I was like, why didn't they tell me to do this? Or like the, to have pads on hand, just all of the things. And so I, I just think it's really great to have you as a resource out there because I tried to Google it too. And you are really like one of the only things that people can, can find out there to kind of have that as a resource. And I just think there's nothing shameful about it. Like mm -hmm. this happens to so many people, but why are so many people suffering in silence? It makes me so sad. So I just really am grateful for you and what you're doing and, and everyone who's kind of shared their stories. Cause it just normalizes all of the things It can happen so many different ways, but it's all okay. And it's all just different ways we experience it. So I appreciate you. Well, I tell you that my life goal is to not end miscarriage because I can't physically do that, but is yes. my life goal is for people to find me before they experience loss. Yes. Most people yep. find me after, which makes yep. sense. We don't think to look this stuff up until it happens to us, but my number one goal is I want majority of people to find me before. Um, I it's agree. just so hard to do that, um, but we're, we're, yeah. we're trying um, yep. one thing, the, the only other thing that I wanted to mention, and now it has lost, it has left my mind and I hate whenever this happens. <laughs> this is why I try to take notes. That way it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I but you it. had, you had mentioned something about, oh, not wanting to forget your baby. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I always like to tell people this because now in my journey, so I had two miscarriages and I now have two living mm -hmm. children. And for me, yeah. I started doing this work after my first living son was born. And so mm -hmm. I always thought if I could just 
have a healthy living child. I will be healed. This will not bother me anymore. I will not be traumatized. And for me, yep. that was not the truth. Um, it showed me that babies don't replace babies and that yeah. I can continue to love the two children that I lost. And so for me, I try to think of like my first pregnancy ending, um, like that is my special experience with that baby because that was the only time I'll ever have a first pregnancy. And for me, yeah. that's really comforting. Um, but then it also losses made me um, a better mother to my living children. I'm more patient. I understand that life is fragile. Like these yeah. are all lessons I wish I got from a book, but I didn't. Yeah. And so it is kind of like the babies I've lost. I carry them with me in different ways. And so I wanted to reiterate what you were saying about not wanting to forget your babies. You are not going to, you know, time yeah. will pass. And it's, it's like the other grief that you've experienced in your life where time passes. And it's not that you forget that that person um, existed or that they've died. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have now navigated life without them and you've learned what your new normal is like but they're still there yeah. in different ways um right so hang on to that and if you find a tattoo get it you know life is short I'm a big yeah uh, I think tattoos are great so I know they're scary at first if you're like what if I regret this but I have yeah. one I regret and it's really not that bad <laughs> <laughs> no I love that I love that no I just think and I was reading about something I, I don't know I was going down some rabbit hole the other day and reading about how when you're pregnant like your DNA literally like mm -hmm. changes which is it's so microchimerism or something I can oh, never pronounce it it's so crazy because it just makes so much sense though why even after you have a living child or after you have a miscarriage whatever it's just like you're genetically changed and so it's yeah. like it will always be a part of you so I just, I love that. And it makes me um, feel excited about the future just to know that there's so many folks out there like you who have had miscarriages, who have living children and find a way to kind of bridge, bridge that between the two and just kind of live with both. Um, that just makes me feel good about the future and just our hopes for to, you know, to have a, a living child, hopefully soon, but to still respect, um, and remember the, the babies that we've lost. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I had one of my miscarriages was a letrozole baby. And then my two living children mm -hmm. are letrozole babies. So letrozole oh. makes cute babies. So keep, Yay. you know, I'm, I'm so hopeful for, for your future. And I always tell people, mm -hmm. um, I love an update. So please only, I hope only happy updates, but this space is yes. yours to share happy or sad. So please come back and, and let us know how you're doing in the future. Absolutely. I, I definitely plan to, and I'm manifesting all of the, the good energy and the good news, yes. but you know, depending on how the journey, I know that, I know that it can be a long one and I hope obviously that, that we get there, but I'll definitely plan on keeping you, you updated as things go on. Perfect.